Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Casey, I'm going to move right over here just a minute. I need some light. Alright. Last week in verses 27, um, we looked at unity, we looked at peace, striving together for that. We looked at a lot of different things in that one passage of Scripture in verse 27. Um, and we do that by faith. And so I'm going to read 27 and 28 together, and then we're going to tie them together and look at them together. Let's know what it says in 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So he's speaking there to the church. And then in 28, this is what he says. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. So we're going to look at 27 and 28. We're going to combine them two, and you'll see where we combine them at the end of my lesson. I have a very short lesson tonight, uh, but I think that it is very pertinent for, especially for our young ones to understand why the church is so important. Uh, and, and it has to start at this age. Hold on just a second. We got cell phones going, cell phone going nuts. You're all right, Dickie. It's okay. Um, but it's it's so important for our young ones to understand why the church comes together and what we you know what there is in the church when we come together. And so there's strength in numbers, and, and, I, and I truly believe that. There's strength in numbers, and there's safety in numbers. And listen to what we uh, say here in verse 27. We left off with unity. Striving for that unity in 27, side by side in faith. And we also looked at living a life worthy of the gospel. So we're living a life worthy of the gospel, walking side by side by faith for a common goal, Right? You know what a chain looks like. They're linked up, right? Okay, so we're walking side by side with one another. And when we're side by side with one another, what happens? We're strong. We're strong together. Satan comes in, he tries to put a kink or a chink in one of those chains and and, and tries to break that. And it hurts the whole group. But we've got to continue to stand strong in the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen to what it says in verse 28. After saying this right on the heels of what he just said about striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, that's working hand in hand. This is what he says, 28. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. And we're going to start right there at the beginning of 28 and look at that that says, and not frightened or fearful. Not frightened, not fearful in anything by your opponents. Now, the reason why I wanted the kids in here is, and the young, young adults, young adults, Anna, the reason why I wanted y'all in here 
is because I can remember as a child, even at Isaiah's age, I would become very fearful and very frightened. I can remember when the, when the trucks would go by our house with the big boom box and the noise, boom, boom, boom. It scared me to death as a kid. I'd be in the back of the house and my, my bigger brother would be back there and he'd say, well, I'm going to take a shower and I would run with him. I would run with him because I didn't want to be in the back of the house by myself. Why? Because I was fearful. And I knew that if I could stay with my big brother, then I would be what? Thank you. Safe. So, with that being said, that has everything to do with verse 27 and striving together. Because when we strive together, we have to realize that there is strength in numbers. We have to realize that that fear goes away. This is why Ruthie says, Daddy, come with me to the bathroom. Right? Isaiah says, Daddy, come lay down with me in the bed. Why? He don't want to lay by himself. Sailor, don't laugh. You do it too. Come tuck me in, Daddy. Walk with me, Daddy, to the back of the house. Even my oldest child, when she, even my oldest child comes in the house and she's leery when the lights are off. And I see her walking and she's like letting me bump into her because she's wanting. So what I am saying, that is true. And so what I am saying is that there is strength in numbers, especially in the church. And the reason why he tells us to strive together, the reason why he tells us to link arms with each other and strive in the gospel of faith is because he knows that opposition will come. Opposition will come. Opponents, adversaries, those that come against us. And so he says, and not frightful in anything by your opponents. Let's talk about fear for just a moment. Fear, young folks, is the opposite of faith. Did you know that? Fear is the opposite, Isaiah. Fear is the opposite of faith. The exact opposite of faith. It is contrary to faith and it it flies in the face of our faith. Fear is a liar. We've heard the song, fear is a liar. Because it is. It's a liar. Fear is definitely not faith. Fear is a stumbling block. It's a roadblock. And fear is is something that stops us. And let me give you another example from my children. When we walk home tonight, this back here will be dark. And I usually walk home with the kids and Casey will take people home or take Nevaeh home or whoever. And I'll walk home. Well, as soon as we get through the back gate, it gets really dark on the back side of our house. Isaiah not being able to see too well, he stops. And he waits for me. And why does he do that? Because he knows even though it's dark, and even though there's shadows everywhere, and even though he can't see what's in front of him, by faith he grabs a hold of my hand, and he walks with me. Why does he do that? Because he knows that daddy's going to protect him. He knows that. 
But what happens when he gets to the gate? He stops. Why? Because of fear. Don't tell me people don't have fear. Everybody's got some type of fear. Fear will stop you and it will leave you dead in your tracks. It'll stop you. It will paralyze you right in your tracks. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. We don't have to give you the examples of in life when that has happened where you've become fearful and you've stopped and you froze still as a statue because you didn't know what to do because of what? Fear. It paralyzes you. It leaves you at a standstill. And what else does it do? In regards to the text, it leaves you ineffective, inactive for the gospel and paralyzed. And this is exactly what your opponent wants. This is exactly what Satan wants. He does not want you sharing the love of Jesus with people. He does not want you talking about it to people that may be scary or to people that may uh, be, be very rough. So he's going to do whatever he can to scare you. Fear. It's paralyzing. It leaves you inactive, ineffective, paralyzed in your tracks, trapped by fear, chained by something that's not even real that you can't even see. How many people, by show of hands, have been in a place where they have been there before? Of course, right? We've all been fearful before. Been fearful where we've been scared. There was a time in Haiti where I went into a, a voodoo, uh, it, was, it was a voodoo temple. And there was a priest there where he, he had chickens and goats tied up to an altar where he was fixing to sacrifice them. They had drums out. And they had all of this stuff out where they sacrificed. And they, they did these weird dances. And it, it was scary. It was scary, man. I mean, it, it truly was. I was a missionary going into this temple to share the gospel with a voodoo priest. This guy had, had symbols and stuff hanging from the, sim, sit the, the ceiling with pictures of people's faces on it with blood smeared all over them because he had cast spells on them. This man was demonic and he was very wicked. When I went in, I went in by the power of Christ to share the gospel with him. At first... Much like Isaiah, when I got to the back door, when I got to the gate of his compound, that little place where he was at, I was fearful. And you know what it left me doing? Standing just like this. Afraid to walk in. Honest truth. I was fearful. It left me inactive. It left me unaffected for the gospel. Paralyzed in my tracks. Until I remember the Lord saying, Fear not, I'm with you. And we walked in, and I was able to share the gospel with the man. Now, he didn't receive the gospel, but I was still able to share it by faith. In regards to our faith, faith without works is dead. According to James, faith is also the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, according to Hebrews. So the opposite of fear is faith. 
And to be able to walk out of fear, we have to be walking by faith. It's not enough just to believe that. We actually literally have to step out and walk by faith. I could have stayed at that man's gate, but I chose not to. By faith, I stepped out and walked into the unknown to where that voodoo priest was who was fixing to offer up sacrifices to Satan. Because that's who they worship. That's exactly who they worship. But by faith, I just stepped forward and went in to share the gospel. I was not inactive. I was not trapped anymore. But in order to live by faith, it's not just simply believing, oh, I have faith. But no, it takes feet, doesn't it? James tells us, faith without works is dead. Fear stops us. Faith does what? Moves us. Fear stops us. Faith moves us. And it moves us forward. The Scripture teaches us that without faith it is impossible to what? Please God. The Scripture also teaches us in 2 Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So we have verses all over the Scripture about this. 1 John tells us that perfect love does what? Casts out fear. Why does it cast out fear? Who is perfect love? Jesus is perfect love. And so in these fearful moments, when we look to Jesus, when we look to Christ, the things of earth do what? They fade away. In the light of His glory and grace. Remember the song? In the things of earth, they slowly just fade away. When we begin to focus on Him and only Him. And so perfect love, Christ Jesus is that, that perfect love when we look to Him. Young people, when we look to Jesus, when we cry out to Jesus when we get scared, when we don't know what's going on, when we cry out to Christ and say, Jesus, I need help, He will help you. He will help you. And so we have... That perfect love casts out fear. Psalms 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord. I just told you to cry out to Him. Listen to what David says. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. From all my fears. I'm just about done, guys. I told you it wasn't going to take long. Just stay with me. Some say that fear not is mentioned in the Bible 365 times. For, for each day of the year. And where that may be true, um, I think that it's mentioned far more than that. You know, that has a very Americanized calendar year view on things. And this is a Hebrew Bible, so we, we can't really use that as, as a guide. Uh, but through the Scriptures and through teachings, we see that fearing not is mentioned way more than just 365 times. I mean, if you look just at the very life of Christ and the four Gospels that He is mentioned in, the life, the entire life of Christ, where He constantly submitted Himself to the Father, 
He was tempted in every way as we are, but without sin. Satan came to him and tempted him over and over and over. And man, he used the word every time against him. Jesus was a boss. <laughs> he was a boss when it came to fear and not. He conquered fear. He conquered the enemy. He conquered the world. He conquered the temptations of the flesh by faith, submitting himself to the Father. Constantly submitting himself to the Father while he was on this earth. By faith, he, he is our true champion that we are to look to. The one who accomplished this at the cross and after He rose from the dead, the Scripture teaches us that He is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. For Him to be the author, the one who writes our faith story, it would be absurd to think that the author of our faith feared. You hear that? It would be absurd to think that the author of our faith feared. The author of our faith. This truth is much easier to preach than it is to practice. We know that. And let's go back to the text because I don't want to get lost in, in this. Um, let's go back and let's follow and finish this up and tie it to 27. It says in 28, And not frightened in anything by your opponents or by your adversaries. In anything. By your opponents or your adversaries. Then it says this in 28, This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. What is a clear sign to them of their destruction? The evidence and practice of your faith. The evidence and practice of your faith. Listen to me. The evidence and practice of your faith shows our opponents of their destruction. Because the fact that we will not fear, the fact that we will not concede to being stonewalled and to being stopped and to being, to being held to something that's not by faith is not of God. We're going to move by faith and we're going to move forward. And this shows those opponents their destruction. What does it show us about ourselves? It shows us our salvation which is from God. Listen to the text. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. So it serves two purposes. This walking by faith and not being, not being uh, fearful because of the persecution that's coming at us. It shows their destruction, but it also shows our kindred to the Lord. Our relationship to the Lord, right? That we're a child of God. 
It shows us our salvation, but our opponents, their destruction. So as I close, listen to this. Let's tie it into 27, 28. Let's tie them both together because this is one verse. Why would he tell us to strive for unity for the gospel? Of faith. Why would he tell us to strive together, linking hand in hand and side by side? Answer? Because we're going to need each other. Because our opponents are coming against us. The enemy is coming against us. And it's far easier for him to pick off one than to pick off a multitude. I love National Geographic and I love to watch the lions eat the wildebeests. Plain and simple. But you know what they do? They go after the weakling in the back of the herd, don't they? They go after the baby. The one that just hit the ground or the one that's got a limp or a gimp to it. The one that's stranded. They go after that one. And they annihilate them. This is what happens in the church when people come away from the church and isolate themselves. They begin to be fearful This is why, young people, it's so important that we are at church. It's so important for us to be together as a people to encourage one another so we're not scared, so we're not fearful. We can walk by faith, showing the enemy their destruction destruction and showing us our salvation. And so as I I conclude this, um, we're going to need each other as we walk by faith, hand in hand. Let me read these two together, and, I, and I'm done. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. Here's that unity. One spirit with one mind, striving side by side, that's being linked up for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened. He's not talking to the individual. He's talking to the group. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Everybody follow? That's all I got for you tonight. So how do we cure this fear? How do we cure this disease that is not there, that leaves us paralyzed? The answer is by faith looking to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. If He wrote our book on it, if He wrote our story, then we, are, we ought to look to the author who wrote it and walk by faith. Amen?